surprised we're getting reviewed on podcast places already. Like that's kind of crazy, right? Like we're barely in. Yeah, no, it's wild. I had a feeling, but uh, I showed you the jump. Did, did you see who one of the reviews was from? Wait, was it from you? Hold up, let me see. I didn't see. I gotta look. I gotta look more carefully on these things. Oh my god, it's from my boyfriend. I love him. All right, well, thank you to my boyfriend for reviewing my podcast with Peter here. Uh, Peter, I had a very long week, but I have to start it. I have to actually start on Tuesday, which sounds crazy. Because we talked on Tuesday. We did. And then the next episode began as I lived. Which, okay, so my friend Jennings has done like merch and stuff for bands for a long time. And we used to play in, you know, similar bands together. We were on tour together. And he actually, he was the first wrestling match I ever had was against Jennings. Because he'd been wrestling in like South Carolina and doing this. And he was like, you should do it. And I was like, I'm doing it. And so we had our very first match together. So me and Jennings go like way way back and he was like i'm in atlanta tuesday i'm gonna be hanging out uh do you want to come to the four year strong state champs real friends just friends show and i said yes as long as i can start a band called no friends and it's just me yelling at the mic on stage going everyone's left me no one will be in my band he didn't think it was that funny but i go to this show because i'm trying not only to reconnect with my friends but i know that thursday night coming up is emo night and i get it guys Pop punk is not emo. You know, there's only certain emos. Anyone complaining about the content or songs being played as a part of an emo night are losers. And go make your own emo night. Yeah, yeah. You have to go make your own emo night. Because everyone that was in that scene of music had their own particular style of that music that they liked. And all of it was adjacent. It could be all covered under emo, but it's a wide range of... yeah. Yeah, like it's y'all all listen to Nirvana. I know that. And so like call it what you want, but it's it's emo night, okay? So we're going to play the songs. Um I was feeling my pop punk fantasy like I hadn't since 2010. Also, I was yelling at everyone that would listen to me, including like Four Year Strong's tour manager and merch people and members of the tour that if they would just put on tuxedos and get it over with, they'd make millions of dollars. I don't think they think they're hot, but they have really cool beards. Everyone in that band is named Dan. All their songs are catchy. Put on the tuxedos. You'll be so over for your strong. Just do it. You're giant. You're all like 6'5". You're all named Dan. Put on the tuxedos. No one would listen to me. They thought I was joking. They thought I was like trying to be a rib. I was like, if it works, you don't have to, you don't have to give me credit. But if it doesn't work, you can blame me. That's what I said. And they still haven't jumped on it. Where are the tuxedos, boys? Put the tuxedos on. I really hope they do that. That is a great idea. They won't want to. They were like, have the lights down and have a lot of fog so they don't have to look at us. And I was like, you're underestimating your masculine, attractive value. Put on those tuxedos, boys. Even if two of you do it, put on the tuxedos. All right, well, I'm not going to fight on that. But it was a telling sign to come of like, okay, let me jump back into my emo roots. Zicky Dice and his wife were there as well. We got to hang out with JJR, John James Ryan, who is the tour manager of uh, Four Years Strong right now. So a lot of fun times there, but it was like a, I think I got time traveled back to like 2010 me where I had more interactions with the police because my Thursday morning did not start great. I'll be honest with you. Um, Me and my boyfriend don't typically travel at the same time, right? Like he'll go do his thing. I'll go do my thing. But this weekend it worked out where like, our flights were within 20 minutes of each other out of Atlanta. Oh, wow. So we rode down together, had a good time, made sure the dog was good on the way out. 
And I did not realize because I'm not paying that much attention. And there's certain things like I'm not unpacking the entire bag every week. I'm unpacking the things that are dirty. I'm spraying Febreze. I'm leaving stuff in. And I checked my main bag, which is a risk. Like every wrestler would be like, don't check your bag with your gear. But like, Peter, you know, I'm fine. And if the bag does get lost, which it did get lost one time, it ended up even funnier that the bag was lost. So like, you got to just roll with the punches. You got to take the risk. I'm not carrying a, a whole suitcase through the airport all day. I'm not doing it. I don't need the extra cardio to do it. I checked this bag. I did not check my backpack. And I went to security and I have clear because I'm in airports a lot. So they scan my eyeballs. I'm into the thing. And if I sounds like you're a Scientologist, uh, a little Scientologist. Yeah. I don't want to talk about how far I've come, but I don't have a lot of thetans left in me. Is that what happens when you get into Scientology is like, oh, we also have benefits. Uh, you can just walk through the airport. Is, yeah. You get to fly the plane like John Travolta once you're a Scientologist. That's, yeah. That's how he got his pilot's license. Like, I need people to understand how many times I've gone through the TSA in Atlanta and had no issues when I probably should have had issues. There probably should have been issues brought up, but never happened. You get a little too casual, I think. And I do want to preface this. I don't want to get political on this show. This is not a political show. Um, but in 20 entire years, neither uh, neither of these governmental agencies, the TSA or the police, have ever once ever caught a terrorist, which is the point of them. And you say, well, what about the shoe bomb guy? Well, guess what? You know who caught the shoe bomb guy? People who were just on the plane at the airport. Mm -hmm. Not anyone official. Yep. So, guys, you know, I would go around saying, hey, you know, maybe they should step it up and really find some crime. Well, they did. And the TSA lady pulled my bag, which I was like, maybe it's my battery pack. It's the last thing in the world I'm thinking is my dried flowers are going to cause a problem here. Because it's Atlanta, and I've been through this airport, and I know the lane I pick. Like, I know the people in the lane. I'm there so much. And I go, well, what, what's the problem? And she opens the bag and goes directly to the bag of dried flowers, which, you know, like, I would say it's not a ton of dried flowers, but it's not not a ton of dried flowers. And I did not know it was there. I was not trying to pull a fast one on the TSA at this moment. I had literally just forgotten this was in there. But I was also a little confused because TSA, they really don't give a crap. Like, I've had them look through my bag and see dried flowers before, and they go, oh, whatever, and they keep moving on. Right. Well, I go, well, can you just throw it away and we, you know, break off here? And she said, no, it says I have to hold you here. And I was like, oh, this is different. And I look over at my boyfriend, and I was like, just go to your gate. Like, just get away right now. I don't know what's going on. Don't wait for me. Two cops roll up, and, like, officers with with all disrespect do some do some education training if you guys are going to be fired up about dried flowers do some education training and i'll get to why here in a second i'm gonna take a sip of this coffee i feel like this is going to make me angry whatever is about to be it said. is going to make you angry but you're also going to look at me and we're going to do that thing with our eyes where we go i know what happened here so they don't know how much flour they're looking at they don't know and I say, it's probably between about a quarter and a half ounce of flour, just in a plastic bag. And they go, okay, well, we don't know. And so they drag me back through security, these two cops, like hold my arms, take me through security, holding my bag, like through everyone. I get clear so they don't have to look at me. And I've got to go through all of general security now being drugged by cops. And I'm wearing a jersey from the state champs show, not a jersey, a hoodie that I had gotten from state uh -huh. champs, great hoodie quality, the softest hoodie I've ever worn. And just all it says is state champs. And the cop says, what are you a state champ in? And I go, uh, <laughs> wrestling, sir. 
Which, I mean, yeah, I didn't lie. Yeah. Well, they take me back to this secret underground precinct in the airport. All right. And there's a lot of cops in there. And I don't say that to be like, oh my God, there's so many. I, they're bored. These guys oh don't. God. These are the like, if if you went and took your police test and just like got a C plus, like you're working at the airport cop station. A hundred percent. You're riding a three wheeled Segway and you're, you're looking for flour. Well, it turns out that like. There's a new scanning system. Here's the warning portion for our audience. The new scanning system, TSA scans, and then the police scan from another place. Like it's like a remote thing in the airport, but they're scanning extra. So when they put a hold on it, the TSA just has to honor it because it's coming from the police. So these cops get me back there, and <laughs> this is where it gets a little unbelievable, unless you've met a cop. They, they zipped my bag back up, but now they can't find this bag of flour. They can't find it. So they start digging through all my stuff. And like when I pack a backpack, I pack a backpack because my suitcase is going to have all my wrestling stuff in it, which is a lot of shit. And this week I had like accessory stuff in there for the emo fight thing because I want to, Effie understands the assignment. And so it's just packed with hoodies and track pants and this and this and weird merch and weird stuff. Like my backpack is full and they're really digging through it and they find another bag with merch in it and it has pens and lighter wraps and someone had walked up to my table and said I really appreciate you here are two little nugs of dried flour and I had nonchalantly tossed them in there well he finds those two little bits of flour puts them in his hand and he looks at me and says is this more than an ounce and I said officer I don't think so he goes I still have to go get a scale and weigh it I said all right so he goes off to get a scale I look at the other cop who's so bored he's playing Candy Crush, and I go, "Did he grab the bag of? Did he grab the bag of flour? Like I'm so stupid that I'm like I'm already here. Like you know where it is. I don't want to get in trouble later because I didn't show it to you or something. But y'all looked at it at the TSA check. Y'all saw where this bag was. Y'all zipped it back up, and y'all found different flour in a different bag that doesn't even like I wouldn't have even smoked that. I would have thrown it out because it's just been a weird dried bag for a while." With lighters and merch and stuff. Yeah. Well, he comes back. It's less than, you know, obviously an ounce. And he writes me the little, you know, ticket. Like, pay the ticket, pay the fine. Which is fine and what I expected. But they did not know. And I wasn't going to argue with cops of like, you know, the laws change. You don't have to grab my arms. Like, I wasn't going to do that. Like, lightning from a storm, man. This lady in full cuffs is pushed in through the door. There are cops with bigger vests on at this point. Like they're, you can tell they're more important because they have cooler vests, you know? Right. And there's like five of them and she's screaming and crying and trying to hit the walls with herself. And I got set up. I got set up. The same little table, they dropped this bag on it. And the TSA lady who was with me had to come back and do a whole report. But this was like new to her. Like she didn't know. And the cops were not being nice to her either. Like she'd ask a question and be like, I don't know. And she was like, okay, well, I'm just trying to, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is clearly a new thing that the police are in. Like, can you just, I'm an officer too, fill me in. They wouldn't do it. And I like scoot close to this lady. And I was like, I don't like this. They pull out, I mean, a, like a mirror finish platinum handgun in this woman's bag. He starts dropping the mag out of it. He starts checking it for bullets. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm pushing next to this girl. This girl's screaming over here. And I look over at my guy and I was like, officer, I don't want to be a dick. This is not looking good. I'm very uncomfortable around guns. Can we, he said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he grabs my bag and he grabs the ticket, hands it to me, say, oh, this and this. And I get clearly quickly rushed out of there. Because this woman's screaming with a brandish. Yeah. My boyfriend hit it in there. He's trying to take me out. Like crazy. 
And I go, well, fuck, there's still a large bag of flour in my bag as I left this. And shout out to Curly Joe. <laughs> Uh, but Curly Joe, I had to toss that bag of flour right in the trash can outside the precinct. Not that they asked me to or knew it was there, but because like I already got caught and I'm going to get caught again with the same shit. I got through security and I got on the plane, dude. I got on the plane. I got on my flight. Now, AJ was not very happy with me, which he didn't, you know, it didn't cause him any issues, but he was like, you're an idiot. And I was like, I'm an idiot. Like I should have just put it in the checked bag or not brought it at all, but I didn't know it was there. There was no intention. Either way, I land and I'm like, I'm in one of those moods of like, oh, this has already been a day. I got through it. How much luck do I really have left? So I said, well, screw it. They got me a hotel in Times Square, which have you ever been to New York City, Peter? I haven't. I've okay. been to the airport. All right. Well, let me tell you a secret. Times Square is not where you want to stay. It is loud and dirty and touristy, and there's fake Elmos everywhere, and it's just rough. I hear there's a fake Elmo that passes out like end of the world propaganda, like Illuminati. Yeah. But he still wants ten dollars if you go near him. Right. It's it's rough. Uh, but I just like really like the idea that there's a conspiracy theorist Elmo in Times Square yeah. passing out pamphlets. Emma, Emma, Emma thinks you should know. <laughs> an orphan because because the Illuminati took his kids. <laughs> uh, so That's I don't. A great Elmo. I love Elmo. I think it's fun. Uh, I don't want to carry my bags around New York City. I fly into LaGuardia and we are performing at the Melrose Ballroom for two nights, which is in Queens. It's a beautiful venue, but I don't want to go all the way across the city to drop my bags. It's too early to check into the hotel. I said I'll go by the venue and just see. It's ten thirty a.m. I go by. Nobody's there. I make a phone call and turn around. Oh, there's Melrose staff letting the alarm people in because they're coming to check the alarms. And I go, hey, man, can I just leave my bag here? I'm performing tonight, you know, this and this. And he starts kind of questioning me. Shout out, Dimitri. What a man. And he goes, uh, I was like, he goes, I'm not responsible for your bag. And I was like, you don't have to be responsible for my bag. Just put it somewhere in here where the performers are going to be. They'll know who I am. And he goes, you got to open that bag. I'm not letting you in here with just a random bag. I'm like, okay. And I open the bag and he sees that it's wrestling gear. He goes, sorry, I had to check the bag, man. You know, I just gotta, I gotta kind of make sure, you know, what's coming in here is safe. And I go, man, no problem. Because earlier they checked a woman's bag and there was a gun in it. So I'm glad you're being safe and doing the security check for me. Either way, I drop the bag. Dimitri, shout out again. And I go to Times Square. I cannot check into this uh, hotel room. And people are starting to arrive and like, I'm the dude you hit up when you get there because I'm going to be having fun. And I usually have an idea of what's going on. Like... I want to know where the hotel is so they know I know where it is. I want to know where this is. They all start kind of arriving, and I was like, screw it. We're just going to go explore the city. All I have is my backpack. So, and I think the first person there was Cole Radrick. Shout out Cole Radrick. We explored all the city. We had so much fun. And then we found out that all all the dispensaries that are in New York right now, you can legally hold flour, but you cannot purchase flour, but they don't tell you that. So all these tourists are going out and buying like CBD lollipops that they're not telling them aren't THC. They're just like playing it like it's a thing. Like it's a big thing in the Times Square and the touristy areas right now. But there's also guys who will just deliver it to you like on a bicycle. (laughs) And so I found a guy to deliver some flour on a bicycle and we had a celebration. We had a great time. Um, they have edibles up there too. It's magic. It was a real magic time. And we had a really touristy day, which like it's taken me a long time in my wrestling career. 
Because, like, early on in your career, you're like, oh, I have a really big match tonight. Like, I need to focus on that all day. I need to be in the venue as early as I can. I need to check everything. And now i found, like, I have a better performance if I get to enjoy my day. And then I cut into being segmented into the match. And since it was emo fights and not, like, the big GCW shows, there was sort of a, a laxation to it that was very nice. But we did end up moseying over, went to Queens, and I... For this emo fight thing, which is like an experiment, like they do emo nights in Brooklyn and LA that they're like big DJ raves, but with like, here's a Taking Back Sunday remix yeah. kind of thing. And they're sick and people get pumped about it. But this was like a first to do it with wrestling. And I get upstairs and the first thing I notice is like, wait a second, I know these guys. And I see uh, Zach from Man Overboard and I see uh, our good friend Wicca Springs Phase Eternal from Tiger, formerly of Tiger's Jaw. And I don't know if you've listened to a lot of Wicca Springs Phase Eternal. Pretty wild. Uh, pretty crazy, gothy, emotional feeling music okay. with some, with some soundscape thing. action that's really interesting. But they were like, hey, good to see you, good to see you. And I was like, like we, we know each other from kind of back, especially with Zach. And we kind of discussed like where we'd seen each other before, where we'd run into each other. And there were times when I was living in South Carolina where like we were the band house. Like if you were a band in town, you needed a place to smoke and stay and have a shower. I've cut a lot of dudes hair that, that are in bands. Cause like That's they'll get hilarious. there and I'm gay and I'm like, hey, can we, this could be better if you're going to be on tour, if you're going to be a performer. And I don't think I'd cut Zach's hair, but I did get to mention <laughs> wear a tuxedo. Him. Yeah. Wear a tuxedo. There was a, Night in particular where the Man Overboard tour was in town and everyone from that tour ended up at our apartment, but Man Overboard didn't. And they were like, yeah, we can't make it tonight. Like, we're just going to go ahead. We're going to do this. Well, that's the night the cops all showed up and held everybody up and were rude to everybody. And I was like, Zach, you guys made the right choice. The cops showed up. It would have been a nightmare. It would have been a mess. And he was like, oh, and I was like, you did the right thing. You didn't come to the party and it was the right party not to come to. Now, I had one of those moments coming up in a minute that we'll get to where I went, told you, I told you there was a reason I kept saying no for no reason on this. Wow. We'll get to the, it. I love the, to be able to like give it to them on the other end, because there's so many of those moments that you have in my life where you go, you know, I probably just made a decision that like is right. responsible for my life continuing, but I will never I'll know. Never that know. That's the but case. I got to go, Hey man. It could have been bad. Wow. You guys made the right choice. Emo fights was nuts though. Cause we had like musical performances. Marco stunt sang a song. Shout out Marco stunt. We had, you know, man overboard in the house, DJ Nick gauge. And I got to fight Jimmy Lloyd, which like when they told me emo fights, I was like, well, I'm going to go have an emo fight. And so Jimmy Lloyd is in like full, my chemical romance face paint, like the chest jacket, him and Nick gauge do a full, like five minute, my chemical romance intro. And I am wearing, like, I chose not to do eyeliner because everyone else was doing it, but they were all doing it because they had my eyeliner pin. There was an intention to do it. That's hilarious. But I'm a juxtaposition guy. So my outfit was like this mesh crop top, you know, and then the the skinny jeans. But then I had like a pink choker on and I had these pink, like, heart glove, fingerless heart gloves on. Like I went all the way there with it. And I came out to swing, swing by the all American rejects, which people say, "Perfect." Oh, that's not an emo song. Let me be clear. Listen to that song. That song is emo as fuck. And second, Effie knows how to pick entrance music. And I'm going to pick what what's over swing, swing was fucking over. It was big time. And me and Jimbo had like, 
we had a banger. Like it was only like an eight minute match because they didn't want us to go too long out there to kind of keep the circus feel of like what's next with Emo Night going. But we went out there and killed that shit. And in the middle of it, we had this secondary storyline in our head that like we were former jilted lovers. So we kept we kept like kind of having these emotional moments together. And it peaks where like we're slapping each other back and forth like heavily. And then we both kind of like huff and cross our arms and look the other way. And then when we look back at each other, we both scream, I hate you at the same time and hit each other again. And they were like, that's what an emo fight is. Like that's... <laughs> That's an emo fight, to which I say again, Effie understands the assignment. Please understand that. Uh, but after that, like, everybody's looking so emo and so goth. And we're like, we're going to go. We'll party. So we partied a little bit. We did all this. By the end of the night, this hotel room that I had that was supposed to have, like, four people in it, everyone had just sort of disappeared. And it was, like, me and Philly Mike Swanson. I was like, Philly Mike, where are you staying? He was like, I don't really know. And so I expected to have this hotel room that was, like, gonna be horrible and gonna be full of stinky dudes and it was just like we both had a bed and i was like damn this rules we woke up the next day man me and philly mike and we were like we're gonna be tourists all day so we went to rock center and we went to central park and we got banana puddings like it was so lit book philly mike swanson philly mike rules y'all uh he knows he knows my feelings on that he knows how much i think he's awesome and he hits like a motherfucker so that's fantastic but we end our little touristy day by getting tacos we went to this like vegan taco place and you know how like when certain dudes walk in, you're like, that guy's been on the road a long time. I'm not talking about us. These old dudes walked in like as we were finishing our meal and they like talking like this and they talking about where they can use their cell phones and where they can't and oh, it's been tough on the road and all this and we're having a time. And I said, hey man. He said, yeah. I said, you guys playing a cool band or something? Because I'll just talk to people. I don't give a shit. He goes, I used to play the cool band long ago, long ago. And I was like, well, what do y'all do? And the guy pulls his tag, and they're WWE roadies, because I guess the E was doing a show near there. I said, damn, dude, we're wrestlers, too. I said, we're you know, working with Game Changer Wrestling. We're, going, we're in Melrose Ballroom tonight in Queens and talking for a second. And I really didn't mean to be a, a complete dick. And this is that thing of like, maybe this one pays off two, eight years down the line. I said, well, listen, guys, I mean, it seems good now, you know. But just let me know in a few years if you need work. And I said, y'all have a good one. And I walked away. And like they're laughing it off now, but now they're going to think about it. And if 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 10 years from now that guy comes up and says, hey, you know, I met you at the, the taco show near Dove Square. Oh, I, want, I want to have that moment. And it's not even a rude thing, but it's sort of a, you guys see what the writing on the wall over there. And then last night, the show that WWE had was like, a lot of people were saying hands down. It made no sense. Not even that it was just bad, but just like there was no portion of this show that made sense. It's terrible. The finish of the main event was um, the demon possesses him. So the lights go red, but then the ring breaks because God is on Roman Reigns side. It's a, it's a thing. What? Yeah. Uh, but we get to this show and I was pulled to the side quickly. Now, a lot of people know, and you may not know, and my boyfriend didn't know that this Zack Ryder dude, the former Matt Cardona, uh, or no, I guess he's the former Zack for Ryder. This conversation. Yeah. Well, he's been he's been running his mouth for a while, and I went back and found some like old information where like he's been running his mouth longer than I even thought. Because when I beat up that kid, well, the kid beat up me, folks. The kid Izzy won the match when I fought an eleven-year-old girl. The 11-year-old girl won. She may have been just 12 at that point. 
Oh, are you talking about you choke slamming? I am. That's one of my favorite videos that I've ever seen of all time ever. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Well, Zack Ryder did not think it was funny, you know, three or four years ago. And I found these old tweets of him just like shit talking, not specifically me because nobody wanted to give me the tag or give me credit, but like shit talking what I was doing and stuff. And so I'm pretty fired up and he he's not tagging me in anything and he just keeps like... I realize I'm a particular performer and I realize my stubbornness occasionally costs me money, but I cannot not be true to what I think this business should be. Like genuinely, I can't do it. And so now I'm in this position where people who were shit talking me three or four years ago are now shit talking me in a way that is clearly a little jealous and a little pointed. And I even joked to somebody the other day when we were at the show and I was like, aren't we supposed to be waiting outside their locker room? Like, aren't we supposed to be begging them for advice? And they're always at our shows. Like what? It's very weird that you guys keep trying to come to us when clearly I thought you were the next level. I thought the TV guys had everything figured out. I thought that was the end goal and y'all got there and now you're coming to us either way. I got pulled aside and said, look, this dude's going to try some shit tonight. Just be ready for anything. He said, I can't really tell you everything. I said, just be ready for anything. And my uh, friend, Justin was there who he came to the Atlantic city show and he's a comedian in Brooklyn. He's from, you know, South Carolina, Atlanta. We've known each other since college. And I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. They told me to kind of just keep watch. And as the show started, I heard this dude go out and he starts running his mouth about like, he's going to be in the title match. He's going to be this. And I know Brett pretty well. And he was like, just watch me, just watch me. And Brett said, Hey man, why don't you put up that internet championship? If you want to be in the title match, if you win, it's fine. And that I knew was kind of the Iggy and I ran over and I was like, let's do this. And he hit my music. I snuck up behind this dude and just rolled him up. Like I've never even hit him. And I took his internet championship. Now he won the GCW championship, right? By cheating. And then he lost it. But this championship he made for himself. And this is a bigger conversation. And I had an interview. I'm going to tell you who this is. I can't say it on the air yet, but I had this interview with, you'd never guess in a million years who it was. Oh, let me just. Dude, I'm so bad at reading lips. Okay. Just tell me. After. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to text it to you while I keep talking this. Cause it's hilarious that I was having this interview three hours before I went and did this. Hold up. This is good. Hilarious. Once you read this, um, right. So this guy's there too. The guy who I was interviewing with, he's watching my friend, Justin's watching and I scoop this dude up. And I roll him up and I get him handled and I get the fuck out of that building. I was running down the streets of Queens. Like, I can't wait to see the footage of this yelling. The champ is queer and just like running all over and doing photos and going crazy. The man held this belt that he created for himself for 10 years, 3,711 days was how long he held this belt, but he had never even put it up for grabs. Like there was no defenses. It wasn't like he was putting it on the line with everyone. It's just, he fell for the trap and now I'm the internet champion. Effie is the internet. Now I'm the champion of the internet. This guy Cardona has gotten in too deep. Bruno San Martino held his belt for eight years in the WWWF. I believe it was still the WWWF. And Matt Cardona held this internet championship for, for 10 years, which is more than 10 years, 3,711 days. That's crazy. Now, the internet is the king. Now, the TV guys are looking at the internet. 
now they're starting to admit that there isn't that much of a difference between what is being presented as the top line of pro wrestling and what is like actually uh actually drawing fans in you know what i mean mm-hmm. so is he playing too fast and loose with the kayfabe and it's turned against him in a way yeah i think he's continually surprised like okay so imagine if you put out a tweet where you were like hey like check out this thing i'm doing and it didn't get much track like it was like the man has two million followers but like it, it didn't get much traction yeah and then you put out a tweet that's like who the hell is this effie dude and it gets way more traction like you start to get a little frustrated and cocking you're like hang on like I'm supposed to be the one. I worked for the big company. I had the distribution. I have the massive YouTube channel. Here's what I was getting at, really. Ten years ago when he created this internet championship, he was working for the WWE. At that time, he was a contracted wrestler at WWE, appearing occasionally in TV segments and things. And his YouTube was getting over, and Vince came to him and said, Hey, are you getting over on your own? And he was like, Yeah, we're, there's a lot of fans watching and loving it. And then Vince said, well, too bad. And so Vince basically cucked this guy on TV for like three years, like fully cucked him out. John Cena made out with his girlfriend. He got kicked in the nuts. Mayor Glenn Jacobs, who doesn't wear masks, pushed him off a stage in a wheelchair. And then he sort of hid in the background and did the catering gig for a while. And then all of a sudden he wins the championship at WrestleMania in front of his dad. And then two years later, he's, you know, out the door. They took the belt off him the next night. So it's like kind of a... It counts, but you held the belt for a day. And he's had this really weird, strange career where he has always gotten better internet traction. But now 10 years later, you've got a guy like Adam Cole. We're not really supposed to talk about this, but I have more insider than anyone. And the clear answer is, yeah, he was making more than his downside guarantee on Twitch easily. His Twitch money was much larger than the money he was getting directly from WWE. But their argument was, you wouldn't have any of that money if we didn't give you the spotlight. And so he did what Zack Ryder didn't do. And 10 years later, he said, well, then I'm just going to do the internet. And another company picks him up. He gets to go work at his wife's company now where she's working. He gets to keep all of his Twitch money. And WWE is left without without a chance to get his, you know, his drawing capability back, which Adam Cole is a draw in professional wrestling. Matt Cardona didn't take that chance on himself. Matt Cardona didn't jump and say, Hey man, no, what I'm doing is right. And we're really getting to the new generation of people. And he instead said, well, this is the only place to work. And I guess I'll just shut up. And then he got buried out when he really could have gone, give me my release, gone to the internet. And my career would have been fast forwarded a little bit too. If guys hadn't been such baby boys back in the day and, you know, grabbed their cajones and did what they had to. And so I tweeted kind of afterwards that Effie is the internet and Matt Cardona is the internet with an asterisk because My career has never, and you know I'm very passionate about this, my career has never had any television viewership. I've never been on television. Unless you count, you know, Georgia Backwoods 2 a.m. local channel, someone filmed the match. I've never knowingly been on television. And that needs to be the strongest point of how we're moving forward with this Cardona internet stuff is he was the internet champion in a sense, because he had TV distribution, and I am now known, I said, every town is my hometown now. There are people who are able to find me. I am drawing in places where, where people will jokingly go, hey, you Tom, I don't even know who that is. But then more people came to see me than some ex-TV guy that they put on there. Because people are not bound by cable 
being the distribution master anymore. They're not stuck there. This got serious for a second, but we had to get into it. I'm going to proudly honor that internet legacy. I'll defend that championship as much as possible. I did defend it. I did defend it. We finished. I got to say this real quick, which I shouldn't because they're going to, somebody's going to roast me, but I need this Mark ass bitch to know he's a Mark ass bitch. We finished the match for doing this. I was done pretty early in the show and I did not come back into the building until later because I needed, they were like, he's having a freak attack. Stay out in Queens. I went to a bodega, ate a sandwich in my gear. And then I finally came back when he was gone. Like when Cardona was out of the building, still had his belt. He's not happy about that. I still have the belt at my house. He's not happy about that. And I went over to talk to management just to clear some things up about the evening, about the hotels, about this. And at that time, uh, a particular Japanese legend, this Japanese legend's translator, who is also a Japanese legend, and some white dude are all right around us. We're like, me and Brett, we have conversations, and I work for Brett, and I do shows for Brett, and Brett has always taken care of me, and... I just needed to clarify some things. So I didn't realize they were jumping into doing like immediately like let's clear up for the night because I would think if it's that big of a deal and you need privacy, you'd go to a room because it's the Melrose Ballroom and there's literally private green rooms everywhere. And we're in the middle of a locker room where everyone is. So I'm just standing here waiting for Brett. I thought they were just asking a question and they keep getting into it and into it. And, you know, I'd been smoking a little flower and the guy looks at me and he was like, uh, can you step away? little disrespectful and I was like and Brett kind of gave me the look like you're good like it's chill just this guy's being weird and I want to be clear somebody said oh that's so-and-so's husband I don't need your boyfriend in my locker room I don't need your husband in my locker room you damn sure don't need three of y'all to come handle the, the closing of the business and hand over an envelope and if I see that mark ass bitch in my locker room again it's fucking hands on sight not to the legends. They don't know what's going on. He's just talking. He doesn't even speak English. But when some white dude who was third man to a group tells the second guy to another group to step back because he's being disrespectful, let me be clear, Peter. Minoru Suzuki will make a lot of money in the United States. Minoru Suzuki will make a lot of money from GCW in the United States. But right now, on this very day, Brett has paid me a lot more money than he's paid Minoru Suzuki so let's uh, let's ask who I am and have a conversation and ask me to politely, hey, we're doing this. And I can say, well, you know, there's a private room over there. It's not worth getting worked up over, but it. I'm not expecting everyone to know who I am. I'm not expecting everyone to know what I'm doing. But when you're coming into a place that is clearly a business that is run with similar people all the time, ask questions before you act like a little cunt because I'm going to be the one that you have to see for the next four or five weeks because I'm on every show that fucking Minoru Suzuki is on, whether it's at Game Changer Wrestling or not. I just, I'm on every one of them somehow. Oh, because we're both draws and the big shows want us. Watch your mouth, young man. Either way, we had a really simple night, but not enough hotel rooms. So my nightmare did come true for the second night where we had like seven of us in a single room. And then I have to, everybody has different wake up times. So it's like five o'clock. There's a fight about, we have to run. There's an Uber seven o'clock. There's a fight about, we have to run. There's an Uber finally made my flight. And I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Have you ever been to Minneapolis? No. Pretty incredible place. Beautiful architecture, but there are some areas that are a little wild, a little crazy. We were wrestling in one of those areas. Uh, and this is a, a different kind of show because it's a no ring show, typically a no ring death match show. I did not participate in the death. I'd had enough for that week, but when we landed and all promoters take note, when we landed, 
We went right to Olive Garden. <laughs> I held my belt. I got breadsticks and salad. I took the tour of Italy, much like Bobby Flay did. You know, much like Stanley Tucci, he took a tour of Italy. He said, what's going on over there? I took the tour of Italy with that belt on. I got a little marinara on the internet championship, but as you should, I'm it's mine now. So I don't really mind that. That's uh, it's going to have a little red stain there from the marinara. I'll remember the good times. And we went to this show and like the good thing about these no ring shows is, was, is Matt Cardona a victim to his own kayfabe and reality? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? I feel like he's in some kind of soul prison. <laughs> Matt Cardona's in the soul prison, just locked away. He doesn't listen. He wanted, he thought he was going to come in here and be like, I'll go help out on the Indies and make some money. And then he found out that we're fucking sharks. And if you're not with us, we will eat everything you love. We will leave you maimed. We will destroy your ego. We will make fun of you. We will prove to you that you can't draw shit without us. Nick Gage looked at me and he goes, they, we're not going to them. I said, yeah, Nick, they're going to us. Yeah, Nick. He goes, they need our juice, baby. And I was like, yeah, Nick, they do need our fucking juice. Now, I have to jump back a second because I just remembered something. I got to talk to Homicide after his match with Minoru Suzuki. Okay. And it was, I mean, possibly one of the one of my favorite matches I've ever gotten to watch live. It was incredible. And then Homicide tried to pull some... Homicide tried to pull something with me, and I got to I got to hold him to task, and all love to Homicide, but don't ever say that shit again to me. Don't ever try that shit. And it's not anything bad. It's not like a bad thing, but it's like after watching you do that, don't ever say that shit to me again, Homicide. You can beat my ass afterwards because I know you can. Don't say that shit to me again. All right, back to Minneapolis. We go to the show. It's at a very tiny bar. And they're like, here's where the matches are going to be, and I was like, all right, let's figure this out. I'm pretty exhausted at this point because I've been traveling a lot, but I'm fighting a serial killer and I, and I'm feeling a little cocky. So I'm like, fuck it. A serial killer. I'm putting the internet belt on the line. I love the concept that this TV wrestler who wrestled at WrestleMania and the most sanitized, cleanest wrestling product in the world. That's sometimes kind of PG, sometimes kind of good, but not really. I held it up and I was like, I'm going to defend this shiny ass belt in a, in a, Uh, I'm trying to describe the bar without being disrespectful, but I mean, it's like a hole in the wall. It's like a dive bar. I'm going to defend this thing in a dive bar against a serial killer with fake ears all over him, or they might be real. I don't know. He cut off a lot of ears. So, so, uh, sorry, no ring means literally no. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine walking in a bar. It's a bar fight. Yeah. And we're going to be all over the place. That's on the floor. Awesome. Everywhere. So it's interactive dinner theater. Yeah. But you're drunk. (laughs) They're not eating. I hope I was eating. That would be. Yeah, but it, I mean, it is dinner theater. It's in your face. It's like those Broadway shows where you're like, they're not going to come up the aisles, are they? We're telling you up front, like, we, we're coming everywhere. We always are. God bless. I defeated the serial killer, which was fantastic. And then I... Um, it was very funny seeing you humping him after, like... I did hump the, the serial killer. To, like, how creepy he was and everything. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like you were in um, Friday the 13th and you, like... Defeat Jason just by like humping just him a hump couple him times, away. and then the movie's over. And now, a lot of people think I'm using my my penis when I'm humping, and I'm not. I'm actually using the hard upper bone 
that is right under my belly button to cause concussion level strikes. I was w- actually why because your technique, <laughs> studying your technique of because I because my my whole thing on this is that I know that there's real stuff happening. I know there's fake stuff happening. You can't. It's non dualistic in the way that you can't pull either one apart from the other, right. which is why it's really interesting from like an esoteric spiritual point of view because it is wrestling is weirdly very spiritual in the fact that it's closest to how reality actually works while being like the low like seemingly the lowest form of entertainment which is another spiritual idea is that the farther down you get to reality the, truth the closer you are to the top yeah and yeah that like transcendence is actually found in like garbage bins and uh bar fights with just feeling <laughs> alive you have yeah. serial killer bar fights are the closest you'll get to god exactly ever <laughs> Well, I defended the belt. I won the belt. And then this guy came up to me and he had one of the Zack Ryder has a podcast about his wrestling action figures. So it did, his name used to be. It used to be Zack Ryder. Okay. Matt Cardona is his real name. I like Matthew Cardona. Matthew you, Cardona. Uh, someone started photoshopping me into his wedding pictures, which I think on a level, there's nothing you would like more than a guy who's been to a lot of weddings to take pictures of them to find out that I'm in all of them now. And I keep popping up. People really enjoy putting me in wedding pictures of Matt Cardona. Definitely don't do that. That's emotionally over the line. You should never Photoshop pictures of Effie into Matt Cardona's live <laughs> photos. Find his Facebook. So match finishes. God bless. I get my own hotel room at the beautiful Minneapolis Super 8 by the airport. And I say this not because it's a beautiful hotel, but because every time I've been to this hotel, some wild ass shit goes down. But this time I didn't last time we were like, let's explore and see what the wild ass shit's gonna be. This time I was like, I'm walking right past the wild ass shit and I'm gonna go to bed. And I did. And then all my flights got delayed yesterday. And as you know, because I said, please will you please go help my dog? You went and you saved my daughter. You saved her. She's the sweetest. She's so sweet. I told you earlier, like the first day we had a rover, because there was just nobody available. And she was late to the first appointment. And then she locked her keys and our keys in the house on the second appointment. And I was like, this is, this is not, this should be easier to keep care of our puppy dog. It was on Sunday. It was so much easier because my shit was messing up. And you said, I got you, bro. I got this dog. And then you also sent like high def quality photographs to us of like, look how beautiful your oh, princess is. That's not, I'm, that's just my ego as a photographer where I go, all the photos that I send to anybody have to be the best photos. Have to be the best photos. Um, we did a we did a thing this weekend when we were all sitting around and everybody's readings were pretty correct. And my reading had me confused for a second and I finally figured out what it was about. Were you and did a tarot reading? I did a tarot reading. And I finally figured, because they were saying that there was there were some competing things going on that you were trying to brush off and not deal with. And there were some competing energies that were trying to pull you in different ways. And it was frustrating you, but you were trying not to show it. And I was like, I don't know what this is about. And it clicked and I figured it out. And I'm not going to tell them on the air what it was about, but the truth of it was, Hey, no matter where they're pulling you, they're trying to pull you. So make sure that you go where you want to go and that you're not getting pulled into something that feels like you're being pulled. If you're feeling pulled, that's your frustration. And me not wanting to deal with it is like, well, I hope they just forget. But no, I'm going to let somebody pull me. And I'm going to make sure they think they're pulling when really I walked right over. You know what I mean? It feels good. Yeah. 
Lucifer just came over to give me a kiss and is mad that I won't respond with the with the sweetness. Hello, my love. Now you said the Gatorade was in retrograde, right? The Gatorade. The Gatorade's in retrograde. Uh, as of what Don't today? Drink the Yesterday. Uh, as of today, Mercury is in retrograde uh, in Virgo, which I do believe means that our because so Mercury is uh, transportation and communication, so it's going to affect relationships. And well, there's all like the general effects of it. Like don't start anything new, re-examine old stuff, slow down, double check all your shit. Um, yours in particular, cause I looked at like how it's affecting each sign. Yours was specifically of the one for Gemini was specifically like ideas, like revisit old ideas that you've had. Mine is just don't start any new businesses or like projects or anything. Yeah. Mine is definitely like just rest for a month. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was revisiting some old ideas and not that it personally offended me, but this idea where Zack Ryder's like, oh, Effie doesn't have his own toys. Effie doesn't have his own figures. And I said, yeah, of course I don't. As I look over to the left of me, because I have awards and you have to win the awards. But I think, I think we need an upgrade and I think we need a more. I think even the concept of awarding someone something, I think people need to know that they're awarding themselves. And I think we need to put value on that and revisit this idea of, of the Effie award. I like talking to you when I talk about Effie, it almost feels third person because like truly I'm a vessel, my man, you know, this, you've Mm -hmm. known me humanly long enough. Sometimes dude, sometimes when that shit kicks in and it's time to go, man, you don't remember all of it. But I'll catch those glimpses. I caught a couple glimpses this weekend. Trust glimpses. And it all worked out great. Dude, the timing on me winning this internet belt is hilarious. Because I hit my music. And I was like, I got to sneak up behind him, number one. But number two, like, if I wait for my regular entrance cue, I'm done for. Yeah. So I pinned him early. One, two, three. Right from behind. Didn't even have to hit the man. I grabbed the belt and get out of there. And right when I got on stage, holding the belt up. That's when my music hit when I would have walked out anyway. I didn't plan that, dude. But the like, it was right on cue. They just kept the music running while I was pending him because it was so quick. And then I cued to the stage and it was done. And boy, I sprinted out of there. <laughs> I felt crazy. Um, this weekend's going to be nuts coming up. I hope I didn't forget anything, but we've really, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of information yeah, in here. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, Shout out. We had a true crime podcast at the beginning. Oh, oh, yeah, man. Listen, the cops are coming for you. Watch out. Uh, Pop Punk is emo. Uh, Effie is the internet. And next week, I'm wrestling at a, a trivia contest night in Connecticut featuring Lex Luger. Not Lex Luther. Lex Luger. You remember the Lex Express and he beat up Yoko? Yoko what was his name? Yokozuna? I, the only Lex Luger I know is the rap producer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good, too. Well, this one's different, and he might be in a wheelchair now, but really great. Going to be a time. And then I'm doing a board game tabletop con because I'm a I'm a part of this new wrestling card game called SRG Universe. So I'm going to be at that con Friday and Saturday, I think. Friday, I get there a little late, but Saturday is like my actual, actual signing day. And then I'm going to... I found out Matt Cardona was on a show two hours away from that con, 
And so I hit up the promoter and was like, what if, uh, what if I slide through? And he was like, yeah, sounds good, man. So I'm going to go have a match there too, Saturday night. And then Sunday, once again, on a show with Minoru Suzuki, Glory Pro in St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. And Warhorse will be there. Alley Catch will be there. Eric Cannon will be there. Dan the Dad will be there. Minoru Suzuki, Davey Richards. It's a stacked-ass show in St. Louis. I'm really pumped on that. Oh, it's There's so much coming up, Peter. This is It's getting outrageous. I don't have time for sleep anymore, and I have to find it. Yeah, you have to stream after this, don't you? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm streaming tonight. Luckily, uh, my good buddy Ashton Starr, who is we, I won the tag team championships with, he's going to come help me out a little bit tonight on the stream. But it is, technically, we're recording this on what I'm calling Effie Day. Tonight will be the Effie Day celebration on Monday Night Raw. And I hope it goes well. We're going to watch a lot of wrestling. I don't know. Guys, go follow me. Effie Lives at Effie Lives. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Effie Lives. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Effie Lives. If you wanted the Emo Night shirt, Emo Fight shirt, it's on Pro Wrestling Tees. If you want my Matt Cardona ripoff shirt, it's on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, if you want signed 8x10s, EffieLives.com. And once again, do not DM me to be on your podcast. Do not DM me to be on your wrestling show. I have a form on my website. I cannot handle these things. If you don't get a response for your podcast, we've said this before. I talked to X-Pac. I talked to Lita. Uh, I'm about to talk to, you know, some even crazier people. I, I don't have a lot to say unless I really need to say it to these people. So just love me from a distance. Oh, my hot sauce dropped Friday night. I forgot to mention. Effie's Wrath, it is a copy of the Costa Rican Lizano brown sauce, like the sweet, delicious Costa Rican sauce, but it has habaneros and Carolina Reaper peppers in it, and the deluxe edition comes with a spicy 8x10. I think there's only five left or something, though. We sold 100 bottles Friday night. Like It it went so fast. Get on it. If there's any left, get on it. Go into debt for it, because by Friday, it won't be here, Uh, and I love you all. Peter, how are you feeling? I feel fantastic. How do you feel about me sharing all of these things with you? Has this been more eye-opening or is this more of the same? Like, I feel like a lot of this I would have shared with you anyway, but now we have a way to be like, I got to give all the details. I don't just get to pick the moments. Yeah, it's, there's, because all the, there's all, I think the, when I met you, the, you tied a bunch of threads together as far as some stuff that I had been, this is like very mysterious. I know, but it has to working be. working on and like thinking about and everything. And so it was almost like a, a very practical real world example of, um, one way to get shit done. And it was just, it felt very serendipitous. And then there's been like a couple other things here and there that like tie into it that it feels that, uh, I'm just like pulling threads here and there. I also Um, feel like there's a, there's a selfishness to wanting people to hear your conversations, but I haven't felt that selfishness at all with us. And I almost feel like there are certain parts of these convos people have to hear. People need to hear for themselves. So maybe we're, maybe this is our fellowship. Maybe this is our, our calling to just let the people in on what's really happening out here. 
I mean, okay, so one of the things that like sticks out to me, and that we're gonna hop in the woo woo uh, train for a second yeah. here, but I did your human design chart right not too long ago, which you have to be into some shit to even know what human design is. It's basically like astrology, tarot, I Ching, like all tied together in one. You're system. finding the common threads of these, um, and your so they have a, a like a life path on there and the thing that is said on yours is that you're a stranger to no one and a friend to everyone and you like literally mention you mentioned like half an hour ago how you have like your hometown is everywhere my hometown is everywhere i've never met a stranger you're expressing that energy perfectly i texted someone the other day i'll pull it up for you i said effie's never met a stranger and it wasn't even i wasn't like trying to make a big thing but he was like do you know so-and-so do you know so-and-so he was like do you think you get along with so-and-so and i was like baby i never met a stranger Everyone has inherent value. You got to look a little deeper on some people to find it. You know, Matt Cardona, he's tan. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time. We're done. We're fucking done. <laughs>